Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 55. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. My guest today is Jenny Ritter. Jenny is a talented musician and illustrator who also happens to run the Kingsgate Chorus and Empress Choirs, part of the East Van Choir Collective. I know Jenny from being a member of Kingsgate Chorus myself, but also Jenny has illustrated for SAD before. In this interview, she talks about giving up a creative pursuit that's given her anxiety. And it got me thinking about that. Like, when do you know if letting go of a thing you love to do that also happens to give you anxiety is a good idea? Uh, As a perfectionist, almost every creative endeavor I do gives me some level of anxiety. So, like, what is the correct amount, you know, before you give up? I felt a certain jealousy listening to Jenny talk about her newfound freedom from anxiety and how joyful her more recent path of being an illustrator seemed to be since she doesn't attach the same pressures to that pursuit. And it's true. Whenever a creative hobby begins, it's with a sense of wonder and curiosity, and it often gets entangled with the pressures of life and measuring yourself against others, and it can get ruined, probably faster still when you're trying to earn a living doing it. I'm reminded of a recent inspirational quote I saw on Instagram. You know the one. It said something like, if you love something and you make it your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Feels sort of naive now, doesn't it? Shouldn't it be more like, if you love something, never make it your job, so you will always love it? I mean, I've never been accused of being an optimist, but mm. anyway, have a listen as we discuss it all. Here's my chat with Jenny Ritter. You're an artist, like an illustrator, uh-huh. but also a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you find the time to like balance the two? Are you always doing the two or do you find you're doing like art for a, l- a while? And then, I mean, I guess you're always doing music because you're doing the choir, but mm-hmm. your own personal music. Um, oh, this is interesting. I didn't think about whether or not I was going to, what I was going to talk about or whether or not I was going to talk about this, but I guess I'll just talk about it, which is that I actually recently, uh, I just quit touring and I'm putting my own personal music project to bed for a little while. Really? I don't know if it's like going to be permanent, but I just need a break. Like my brain has been too full for a really long time. And then the craziest thing is, like, I made this decision in September, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I just, like, have an anxious personality. I'm just an anxious person. And then I made this decision, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not anxious. I just actually was finding that very stressful. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I don't really know what it means, but I'm really happy currently with the results of having way more space in my brain, not sitting in front of a computer to administrate my career every day, all day. Yeah. And funneling a lot of my creative energy into choir Mm -hmm. more so than I ever have before. And also like visual art, which is just seems to be taking off. Yeah. Like I feel like I've been swimming upstream for a long time and with visual art, it's like people are like begging me to do it. So instead of me trying to like you know pull teeth to get people to come to my own shows why is that it's so weird i don't know what it i I don't don't know know what it is about that i mean it's just a really really weird day and age to be trying to make a living as a musician like it's we don't we don't even understand what the model is anymore like we're just so it's changed so drastically Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting because, like, you just can get music for free now. Yeah. Therefore, nobody wants to pay for it. Yeah. Therefore, the people making it can't rely on it to get them through. Yeah, and as long as everyone's still making it <laughs> and, and yeah. like, willing to not be paid for it. Yeah, and the industry is God. is sort of glossing all of that over. Like, you know, the, there's still record labels doing things and still agencies and management and, you know... Uh, the pop music machine will always function and make money, which I think is a bit of an illusion because those of us who are trying to do things independently are just, yeah, it's just gotten harder and harder. And I think those musicians that make it, well, in a way they sort of do keep the labels afloat, but they should really be, I don't want to say taxed, but sort <laughs> of <laughs> like more of their funds should go to everyone else on <laughs> Spotify. Is that wrong? I mean, I know like well, the paper Yeah, I mean, play is quite low. Yeah, the big the I'd say like the biggest problem is the streaming. Yeah. But at the same time, like I have literally quit my music career because of this and yet I <laughs> use Spotify. And I even pay for convenient. it. Too and convenient. Too like, convenient. Right? And I like, yeah. because I want all that music at my fingertips. But the th- weird thing is, is I'd probably pay four times what I'm paying now or more. Like, Shh, don't tell them. I would <laughs> if the music or if the money was going to go to the makers, know. you know? know, like, uh, know. so it's been a pretty interesting thought process. And I mean, I've, I have been, I'm 37, 37 I think. And uh, <laughs> I've been playing music for a job since I was 18 and it has gotten harder and worse Mm. instead of like you know obviously there was a there was a coming up time and then it plateaued for a while and then it just started going down and yeah uh just like it was logic for me to be like okay this has got to stop do you feel sad at all though yeah like well I mean my partner and I both made this decision in September oh is he not doing it either yeah because I mean he plays my band and his band Fish and Bird is pretty much retired now I mean they still exist but you know none of us is touring hard and yeah yeah so we were like oh my god I'm having an identity crisis like if I'm not a working musician what am I but the cool thing about us (laughs) is that like we just like excuse me we like doing lots of things we've never been the kind of musicians who like that's all we do Mm -hmm. so like I've always dabbled in visual art I've always dabbled in like making things and like gardening and bicycling like I have all these things that I like love doing yeah and same with him he's into carpentry and like building things and fixing things and so like in a way it's yeah we felt sad we feel sad I still do to some extent but like I also suddenly for the first time in my adult life feel free to pursue all these things that I've been putting aside I was like I can take as many adult ed courses at Emily Carr as I want to right now Mm -hmm. because I'm gonna be here for the whole school year you know like yeah whereas before it was like I always had one foot out the door I was like no I can't do that because you won't be here I won't be here so um yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it feels totally tragic and super exciting at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that you'll go back to it eventually? I mean, if only just to well, for yourself? Yeah, like I don't think 
I don't think it's possible for me to stop writing or playing music. Okay, so you're still over doing the Christmas it. holidays. It was just like jams and jams and jams with friends. That's fun. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll stop. And the choirs, like that's still music for me, and that's yeah. still a creative musical pursuit. So yeah, talk about the choir. Like, like when it started you were probably pretty busy with your own musical career. So what made you start it? Well, actually, I think, no, I started the choir in between times. So it was like, I had been in a band for 10 years in Victoria. The band broke up. I I moved to Vancouver. This is the timeline. I moved to Vancouver. Then the band broke up. And my relationship broke up in like the same week. And then... um, I was just I just felt really angry about music and I was like I don't even want to do this anymore not it was like not nearly as pragmatic as I am right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was like bitter and fucked up and I like I couldn't even listen to music I couldn't put music on in my house for like a year it was so weird, um, weird. and then and I was working in a coffee shop at our town mm-hmm. and uh, and just totally hating my life and I fortunately had a group of really good friends that I believe was uh, Lindsay Fraser, mm-hmm. Katie Stewart, Monique, and Krista. And they were like, they were all roommates or something at the time. And I remember telling them, I was like, yeah, I don't really miss music, but I miss singing vocal harmony. I miss that like feeling of like a really in tune, wonderful, thick vocal harmony. Um, and they were like, well, we always wanted to learn how to sing harmony can you teach us and I was like that'd be fun to try I don't even know if I know how to do it I was like yeah sure oh so it wasn't even really like a choir necessarily oh no so it was like never meant to be a choir and (laughs) I have never been in a choir (laughs) like I didn't even think choirs were cool yeah um you made them cool right (laughs) so yeah then I got together with those guys I was like yeah on Sunday you can come over to my house and then that day, I'm pretty sure each one of them brought one person without asking me or telling <laughs> me. And so there were like eight people there. And I was like, oh, OK, well, I'll arrange. I like arra- had a song arranged. And I was like, we'll try doing these things. And then like the following week, there were like 16 people there. And like, again, I hadn't really nobody had told me they were bringing extra people. And I was like, OK, I guess this is a choir now. Yeah. So when did you when did it yeah. like get named and like you moved into like a rehearsal space? Uh, we moved into the rehearsal space pretty quick because it just I lived in a basement suite that was about the size of this place, but the ceilings were much lower. Uh, and it was uh, yeah, I don't know within within like a couple months at the most we moved because I asked my I was working at our town, I asked my boss what he would charge me to use the room upstairs there's a big studio gym room up there and he was like well I don't know you can just use it and I was like what (laughs) which is great because I wasn't charging at this point it was just a free thing I was doing as an experiment and uh yeah so then we moved into the space and really grew and became a thing um and the name just because pretty much around the time we moved into the space I think we named did it. you come up with it yourself or was it like a po- de- democratic decision or I actually can't remember I wish really? I could oh, yeah that's funny well it is across from Kingsgate Mall so it yeah. must have been like 
Well, it was something to do with that for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if it was me. I feel like someone else might have a better memory than me Hmm. about that. But I think because at that point, I still wasn't accepting the fact that it was a choir. I was still like, (laughs) I'm doing this weird exercise right now. And when did it sink in? (laughs) Uh, Probably around the time that we did our first show, Mm -hmm. like that little mountain Christmas show. Mm -hmm. Were you in that? Uh, Were we in Jean? Yeah, I think that was the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might have actually been the year before that. Anyway, regardless, um, I think that that was when it kind of sunk in because I was like, oh, all these people came out to see this thing that we made. Yeah. You know? And then shortly after that, I started charging mm-hmm. them. I think I charged them like five bucks a month or something That's, hilarious for a while. It's great though, you know? It was, yeah, it was just like, it just was so natural. It was such a natural evolution. Well, it's all, a lot of the same people still now. So I think... I don't know. Yeah. We see the value. Yeah. To pay more for sure. Oh yeah. I think so too. And you guys have seen me learn how to get better. Like I've learned to teach in a better method. And we're better too. And you're better at (laughs) at learning in my method. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like on top of that, I'm more organized. So like there's just less fucking around than there used to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so fun though. Mm. Uh, Do you ever want to like be in a choir and not be the one... I think it would be really interesting. I often reference other choirs on YouTube and stuff, like when I'm coming up with an arrangement. Like t- today and yesterday, I've been working on a Radiohead arrangement, Ooh. and I was like, somebody's definitely done this in a choir before, and I found another version, and it was like one of those, like, I don't even know what they're called. I'm so out of touch with choir culture, but like uh, one of those, like, kind of like college, like glee clubby things where they, like, oh. There's, like, not that many of them. There's maybe, like, 12 or 15 of them or something. And okay. they, they're really, like... And then they have a beatboxer. This is, like, a thing. They have, like, competitions and Sounds stuff. so cheesy. It's really cheesy, except that their arrangements tend to be so complex and yeah. so good. Yeah. And so I was, like... Yeah. Uh, I don't remember why I was talking about that. What was I... What question was If I you were going to want to be in a Oh, choir. yeah. Yeah. So, like... I, it, more than wanting to be in a choir, I want to learn how to do better arrangements because that's something like I taught myself. I feel pretty limited by my skill set and my knowledge set, and I would like to know more. But uh, what's your method when you are oh. are doing it? Are you like playing it on? Yeah, guitar? I generally learn the song beginning to end on guitar. Then I try to like f- just mess with the song, like make it my own a little bit whether i'm like changing the feel or whatever changing the key changing the gender of the people singing it whatever it is and then i don't know i try to let it happen as naturally as possible are you recording it like how do you know usually i put it on garage band yeah so i will never i will like die of shame if anybody ever ever gets onto my computer and listens to my garage but it would be so useful for us to hear that but i re-record them for you guys but like the first versions of these are just like so out of tune and i often am doing it on like sunday morning when i wake up and then i've got i've got to bring you guys the arrangement that night and i'm like drinking a coffee (laughs) and like gurgling but it's it's great. It obviously works. And bless yeah. GarageBand. I don't know how it's great. You would do it. I guess like people did it with well, tapes before. I mean, no, people know. notate it, right? Like I just don't read music very well. Right. So like that's the actual way to do it. That is the actual. So way. I have my own music. way of notating things, which is to write numbers instead of notes. But 
Um, even just today, I was like, I'm doing a song that changes key halfway through the verse every time. Like and so, yeah. like, it's really hard for me to use those numbers when it's changing key. Do you ever anyway. feel like one of your new continuing ed things would be like a music notation? Ugh, it yeah. sounds so boring. No, it sounds so boring. And you know what? Like, I mean, I, I have been playing piano since I was six. Like, I don't play piano anymore, but I like have been playing music since I was six. And like, I've always sucked at reading music. And it, it's not that I don't think I'm capable. I just think I've given myself a bit of a mental block about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mm-hmm. a really mean piano teacher who like, I feel like she scarred me. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, yes, I should learn how to notate music. It would make my life way easier. Mm-hmm. Did you, when did you start um, playing guitar? I started playing guitar when I was 15. What so, made you start? Well, I was in like a, I pl- so I played classical piano loosely, very poorly, when I was a little kid, when I was six. And I don't think my teacher ever understood that my ear was amazing and I just like, parroted back to her what she did instead of reading mm-hmm. um and then when she finally figured that out i think i was like 10 and she was like oh you actually can't read music at all and i would like come home from my piano lessons crying every day it was crazy how like i don't even know why i stayed in it it was so weird because um, well, you're musical clearly yeah like, like i like wanted to get better and yeah. i didn't really understand my own learning process and then she was like i'm gonna send you to a jazz piano teacher and she did and he was like pretty cool like funky old guy lived in the basement of a church with his really fat cats and had two pianos and so he would just like be like jam and then he'd like play some chord so changes fun. and give me a scale and be like play within that and yeah, it was really liberating. And then when I was in high school, I was recruited into a jazz program. So there was like an intensive jazz career prep program at Esquimalt High School in Victoria. And I went into that. Do you still and like jazz music? I love jazz, but mm-hmm. I do not play it. Because like basically I recognize like I just I'm, I'm butchering it when I play it. <laughs> but I, I listen to it a lot yeah um especially piano especially like instrumental i don't really like singing but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, I jazz singing yeah. but um yeah no scatting yeah but at this time like so i was like pretty immersed in that but i that was like in the mid 90s and that was when like celtic rock was really popular right like spirit of the west mm-hmm. was at like the mm-hmm. height of their thing and like uh who else was out there doing that? I can't remember, but I was like, we didn't have the internet, right? So it was way harder to find the music that you liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I just listened to the radio, what I could get on the radio and like, and then my dad gave me a guitar when I was 15. He gave me his really old, like pre-war Martin, which like, if you know what that is, you will be horrified when the next thing that I say is that, by the time I was 17, I had put a hole in it because I carried it around with me everywhere I went. Um, But yeah, he gave me this guitar and I just taught myself how to play it. And then uh, as soon as I graduated high school, I knew I like didn't want to go to university. I didn't want to take classical or jazz. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play music. And then this like folk rock band asked me if I wanted to come on tour with them. 
And so we went, we lived in a school bus and went to the States for a year. Wow. Lived in this hilarious school bus. We were so scrubby. And I played the accordion and the guitar in this band. And anyway, I don't, I don't know. I'm just giving you my like life history. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. Traveled around the States for, I think a year and a half, basically all in all. What did your parents think? Were they like stoked that you wanted to be a musician? bummed that I didn't want to go to university. Mm. Um, They were stoked that I wanted to be a musician. Are they musical? Yeah. Yeah, my dad has a degree in opera from NYU. Oh, wow. And my mom used to be a ballerina, so they have, like... And my mom plays the harp, and my dad plays folk guitar. He lived in Greenwich Village in, like, the folk revival of the 60s. Like, yeah, it was totally wild. Like, saw Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan, everybody, when they were, like, first out. So... Do you jam with your dad? (laughs) No, I have never really jammed with my dad, but he he's a really great guitar finger picker and he writes these really sweet songs. Like they're really emotional and personal and also like have like funny turns of phrase in them. He's like he's like a really good songwriter, but I think he's only really had a lot of time to work on it in his retirement, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I always have all these plans, like, when I'm retired, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. But you're in a sort of musical retirement now, so you have this extra exactly. free time. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Do you have um, a big, like, art project in mind Do you want to tackle um, in this time? I... Uh, or creative project in general? I, I really actually, like, identify myself as an illustrator, so I love illustrating other people's concepts. Yeah more than like a creative thing of my own so I have been getting more and more work I, what I love doing is stuff that's related to music so like album art mm-hmm. poster art like I just got a gig doing a poster for a festival that I love and I'm so excited about oh, it nice. and potentially yeah I mean I am I, I just like I want to spend more time painting and doing art whether it's illustration or my own personal work um, and you don't ever feel that stress you did with music? Well, not yet. It's never, I've never put upon it the requirement that it make me a living, that it pay my rent. Mm-hmm. All it has to do is pay my studio rent, which is really easy to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be more careful in that sense. That like, I don't want to wreck it for myself. I've periodically wrecked music for myself. And also, one of the coolest things about not playing right now under my own name or trying to, like, force this project to work is that, like, I am loving listening to music. Like, Mm. for, I just, there was, like, a few years there where it wasn't really recreation, recreational for me to listen to music. You're just always comparing yourself? Yeah, totally. (sighs) Comparing yourself all the time. I mean, just, like... Yeah. Musically or like you see your friends posting on social media like, eh, I get to do this. I get to play in this place or play at that festival. And I, it, like instead of celebrating their successes, I'd be like, why didn't I get that? Yeah. Oh, God. Like, Everyone ugh. feels that way. And it, it's like, yeah, for their own thing, whatever it is. Is, totally. is it, you know, like for me, you know, obviously like design or illustration. Yeah. Um, you know, for other people, it's maybe like going to the cool restaurant, whatever it is. It's just yeah. killing us, basically. Yeah. 
social media. Yeah, I just uh, canceled data on my phone today. Good for you. I was like, you know what? If I, I just like want to do like little things to make myself not such a bad person, you know, like Aww. all this horrible like social media obsession that we have. I read this crazy article. You should read it. It's on my okay. Facebook page. Okay. It was just like basically being like, here are all the ways that interacting with your smartphone is reducing your quality of life. Oh, I totally know it. I read this great book called um, The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. Ooh. Yeah, I don't talks. know if I could read a whole book of that. I know. It I was, was pretty, cry. it's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's changing our brains. I yeah. mean, you can, th- uh, in some ways, I think it's good because it's like a surrogate brain. I mm-hmm. Like, it frees mm-hmm. me up to think of other things. I, know that I don't need to remember this yeah. thing because yeah, that's it's right. there. Yeah. And then now, hopefully, I'm using that brain power for something more interesting. But, I mean, Oof. it's not always the case. I have to think about it that way or else. Yeah, I know, because you can go down a pretty dark path pretty <laughs> yeah. easily like, what am when I you doing? think about these things. Oh, God. Okay, well, that's a little depressing end note, but that's all right. Yeah, great. Thanks for coming to talk with me. No problem. <laughs> I asked Jenny which song of hers she'd like me to play after her interview, and fittingly, she suggested the beautiful track called Lost and Found from her 2015 album Raised by Wolves. You can find that album and her first album, Bright Mainland, on Bandcamp now, so go ahead and buy that thing. Anyway, here's Lost and Found by Jenny Ritter.
It was late.